0: and welcome to episode number 77 of the Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 134 of Restopopia continues. Happy Thursday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And before I get into last night's Dynamite, I do want to point out a very important milestone for yours truly. Today marks the 500th episode of of WST this is a huge moment for the show I want to thank everyone for every download and for every listen for the last two and a half years I greatly appreciate it the year-to-year growth has been remarkable and I truly love doing this four times a week covering all things Monday Night Raw NXT 2.0 AEW Dynamite from last night and of course Friday Night Smackdown alongside a little bit of Rampage on the side as well so I'm very humble by this moment to do 500 shows in nearly three years. And I thank you for your support on social media both publicly and privately that I'm a part of your day via your morning commute your evening rush your nightcap your lunch hour whatever it is thank you for pressing play and giving me a shot it truly means a lot so enough about me and the show let's move on to the main event AEW Dynamite going down live from the Charleston Coliseum in Charleston West Virginia and we kick things off with current reigning defending AEW world champion CM Punk he comes out to a great ovation and he basically calls out Hangman Page for a rematch for the AEW world championship hangman does not appear on the show for whatever reason and Punk says you know what's interesting that you don't want to show up for champ shit when it counts the most but let's not worry about that let's talk about John Moxley he's the number one guy in our hearts but I'm the number one guy in this ring and you know John should be used to being number two he's a solid number two but in some cases he's a solid number three in fact he was the third best guy in his faction back in the day Which drew an ooh and aah from the crowd as Punk begins to read mocks for filth, saying he's an interim champion, not the main champion. That would be me. Let's talk about his best friend, Eddie Kingston. Let it be known that Eddie is the third best Eddie and second best Kingston I've shared a ring with. So... That's another demerit on Mox's record. And I'm going to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt who the real champion is at all out. And I'm going to beat John Moxley, but I've already beat a John before in Chicago. So this is going to be quick work for me. And Mox is tired of the slander. He comes out through the crowd. He's pissed off and the crowd is loving it. And Mox grabs a mic and he reads Punk as well saying, look at you, Mr. Bomb himself dropping another one tonight. You think that microphone gives you power. That what you say means something, but what you say, means shit to me that championship on your shoulder doesn't mean shit to me the championship I'm carrying doesn't mean shit to me until I beat you to be the champion in AEW because I hate the interim title because it makes me think of you and when I think of you it makes me sick because you don't love this like me you don't bleed for it you don't fight for it you're here for the check and the check alone because you went out of money that's why you're back here right now I'm the heart and soul of this place and punk retorts you're the heart and soul I'm the dollar and the cent so let's Settle this at all out and Mox wants to do it tonight and Punk says you know what it's tempting but if I touched you you might bleed from your forehead easily which you tend to do a lot during your matches and this leads to a brawl that pops the crowd they're fighting they're scrapping security tries to break things up and they are fighting from the top rope on the outside it is a hell of a scrap as you wrap up the opening segment of Dynamite I thought that Punk and Moxley were absolutely exceptional and both guys had points and I go back to a classic Rom- Roman Reigns promo from nearly two years ago and he told you, McIntyre, you are a solid number two. When I can't make the appearances of the pay-per-views, they call you because I'm that top guy and you're just a solid number two in command. And Mox is a solid number two in CM Punk's eyes. That you're never gonna be me because I'm the top draw. I am the guy that makes things go up and you're a placeholder when I'm unavailable. And Mox is like, no, 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 no. I am in the trenches Every single week, putting my body on the line because I love this, unlike you, who treat this as a vanity project. And I just dug the dynamic and I was hyped for this matchup at All Out. But instead, we're getting it next Wednesday on Dynamite. A ballsy move by Tony Khan cause Unification Match was so to me via Mox and Punk's promos last night. All Out would have been a done deal automatically. I don't know what Tony has in store for us next Wednesday. Is there going to be another return? A surprise twist. Hangman was mentioned. Will we get a count out? A DQ finish? I don't know, but I do not believe we're going to unify these titles next Wednesday. If so, I'm stunned, but we'll see how it plays out next Wednesday on Dynamite. But a great segment that was very reminiscent to what we saw this past Monday between Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens on Monday Night Raw as they also let loose on the mic and they deliver shots. The fans bought in and we had a moment and we got that last Last night via Mox and Punk's performances on the mic and their scrap that not only took place once but twice on the show, which set up the championship match next Wednesday in Cleveland, Ohio. Next up is Daniel Garcia versus Brian Danielson in a two out of three falls match. We got Chris Jericho on commentary, and this match was stellar. Danielson and Garcia have great chemistry, and the story of this match is Garcia trying to outdo his hero. He respects Danielson a lot, but he is not above beating down his idols in order to get ahead in this business, and he wants to be the world's greatest technical sports entertainer, and Danielson, which was saying that you're actually a great technical wrestler, and we got that last night via this match, which was so damn Good. The first fall might have been my favorite as we had a chop exchange, forearm strikes in the middle of the ring. We have some great grappling and ground and pound from both guys. And we have Garcia countering a Frankensteiner into a cradle for two. But the highlight was Danielson going for a triangle and he's trying to lock it in. Garcia powers through, lifts him up into a power driver and locks in a hammerlock dragon sleeper on Danielson. And Danielson passes out again and Garcia scores the first fall and... Danielson's got 10 seconds to get back up on his feet. If not, Garcia wins the match, all right? But the American Dragon's able to barely get up, and Garcia goes in for the kill by delivering chops and strikes in the corner. As we go to commercial break, we come back, and Danielson is cut open by a DDT on the concrete floor. Garcia goes back to the Dragon Sleeper, but Danielson rolls him up for a cradle to tie up the match one to one. Garcia goes after Danielson again, but Danielson is going to put Garcia in the tree of Rowan Lansom. I mean, yes, kicks in a corner before dropping Garcia with the avalanche release. German suplex followed by a top rope missile dropkick, which was pretty damn sweet. Danielson keeps up the attack on the outside and he's going to pull Garcia into the ring post to go back and forth for a bit when Garcia makes it back to the ring. He has been busted open in the forehead as well. And we come back and we have Garcia and Danielson locking fingers and delivering dueling forearm strikes, which is pretty damn sick, but eventually Garcia is going to drop Danielson with the Busaku knee for a very close-knit fall. Danielson recovers and he is going to stomp Garcia's head in, but Garcia turns the tables and kicks Brian's head in at one point as well before going for a power driver that backfires, but he goes for some more strikes on the ground. is going to counter into the LaBelle lock, and he lays in elbow strikes to truly apply that hold with full strength and crank. Garcia passes out, and the referee calls for the bell as Brian Danielson wins the two out of three falls match two to one, and after the match is over, Garcia reaches out to Danielson In a great moment, and Garcia is earning the respect of Danielson and the crowd, and they go to shake hands. When Jericho attacks Brian Danielson from behind, Garcia gets in Jericho's face to stop the attack. And Jericho tells Garcia, Be careful. Is this what you really want? And Jericho walks away, and Garcia is conflicted as the fans chant, You're a wrestler. Clap, 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 you're a wrestler. And I get the sense. That one day, very soon, Garcia is going to defect from the Jericho Appreciation Society and join the Blackpool Combat Club, as God intended, from day one. But I loved the storytelling of this match. Garcia is a true star on the rise. If you asked me that a year ago, I would have said no, because he gave me nothing in terms of personality. But I see it now. He's a great talker, very compelling to watch in the ring. And he's got personality for days. And he would benefit greatly for being a part of the Blackpool Combat Club in due time. He will make that decision possibly at all out because I get the feeling it's going to be Jericho versus Danielson one-on-one. It should be a very good match. And Garcia will then make the decision to defect from the JAS and join the Blackpool Combat Club at long last. And I would love to see any combination of Garcia, Danielson, Yuta, Claudio, and Mox teaming up. In trios, matches, tag team matches, any variation works for me because Garcia is truly one of the future pillars of AEW based on his body. Of work this year. Next up was supposed to be some kind of segment involving Tony Nese and Mark Sterling, but Moxley jumps both men and he wants a piece of CM Punk. Forget the pay per view. Let's do it tonight. Punk comes out. We have another brawl, which sets up the match on Wednesday. And do I expect a clean finish? I do not know. It's very ballsy to have a unification match on free television prior to your pay per view, unless you got a bigger match on tap for All Out. We'll see. With a couple of shows to go, as we are running out of time to fill out this pay per view card. Next up is The Gun Club Austin and Colton Gun versus the Varsity Blondes. And this is a lightning quick match with Colton hitting Colt 45 on griff garrison for the win after the match is over billy gunn is proud of his sons realizing tough love works after all they go in for a hug but soakley hathaway comes out because he's been trying to recruit the gun club recently and this leads to a betrayal courtesy of colton and austin gunn as they flip on their father they beat him down the acclaimed come out to make the save and anthony bowens tells billy gunn to scissor me daddy and he scissors him They're reunited. But let's not forget, a month ago, Billy Gunn flipped the acclaimed. Maybe he thought he was doing it for his sons, but now he likes the acclaimed. He's going to adopt them as his sons, I suppose. It was a moment kind of confusing, but good fun because I did love the gun and acclaimed dynamic. It was very quirky. I dug it. Let's see how far it goes in the weeks to come as Austin and Colton Gunn seemingly joined forces with Circle Hathaway, Igor Ruth and Page, and Lee Moriarty to form a faction with no clear mission statement right now, but hopefully we get more answers in due time. Next up is Jungle Boy coming out to cut a promo on Christian Cage. And he notes, I've been trying to beat this guy up on site, backstage, by car, by enemies necessary, and he runs away like a pussy Every single time and the fans chant what at jungle boy did not appreciate that the what chance to be eradicated from professional wrestling, but I digress. He was a little turned off by that, but he does say, I want Christian Cage at all out one-on-one, no more running. Christian Cage comes out to say, look at you form a complete sentences, Like these people in Charleston, West Virginia, you couldn't do that a year ago until you learned from your mentor, the guy that guided your career, then made you AEW world tag team champion. You made me so proud. I don't want to get back to that. I don't want to fight you at all out. I didn't mean those things I said to you recently. It was out of anger and frustration. But if we're back together, we can go to the promised land. I'll get you there if we work together because I love you. What do you say? So Jungle Boy feigns interest and he kicks Christian Cage in the nuts. I love that he pounces on Cage on the mat. It's a great brawl. Christian Cage tries to slam into the steel steps. Jungle Boy reverses that and he stumps on Christian Cage's arm to get a measure of revenge heading into All Out on pay-per-view in a few weeks time. And I still believe Luchasaurus is going to flip on Jungle Boy and realign with Christian Cage. He has not changed his aesthetic. He's still got the dark mask, the dark music, the dark fit. I don't buy for a second the Luchasaurus is back on Jungle Boar's side, but we'll see how it all plays out in The Shy in three weeks' time. Next up is Tony Storm versus Kylin King and I thought this was a nice showcase to Tony Storm as she was working over Kylin, going for a tornado DDT on the floor but Kylin catches her and rams her to the barricade instead as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break. We come back and Storm counters an avalanche back suplex into a cross body and hits the German suplex bridge for two. King returns fire with a spine buster but Tony is going to hit the Sweet Cheeks music, the hip attack in the corner which is absolutely deadly followed by a DDT and the swinging DDT for the win as she will now face Sunder Rosa for the AEW Women's World Championship at All Out. We had the match at Forbidden Door a couple of months ago. It was a fine match. I think this match will be better and I'm not opposed to seeing Tony Storm walk out as champion. She's rediscovered how good she is in the ring and I think that it is her time now to be champion but as always with all things in AEW, we shall see. I do want to quickly point out that we had a backstage segment involving Jericho and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat backstage and Ricky knows that Garcia would be better off with Danielson as his mentor over Jericho. Jericho still resents Ricky the Dragon Steamboat dating back to their WrestleMania moment back in 2009 and a stellar backlash match the following month, which blew my mind. So he still got beef with the dragon. He walks away and Angelo Parker makes a mistake by touching the dragon and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat responds by punching Angelo in the gut and he scurries away like a scalded dog and I love that cameo for Ricky as he was the special timekeeper for the opening match involving Danielson versus Garcia two out of three falls and the main event involving Andrade Idolo Dragon Lee and Roosh versus the Young Bucks and a mystery partner in a first round matchup of the AEW Trios Championship Tournament and that third man is the returning Kenny Omega after 277 days away from Reaction and he gets a great ovation from the crowd. He is accompanied to the ring by Maka Nakazawa and Don Callis, unfortunately. And Callis is a commentator, I don't care for him that much. But it's great to see Kenny Omega back, and he's wearing a special compression shirt because he's still healing from so many. Injuries. He is legit a bionic man and I'm still in awe of this dude wrestling with vertigo last year. I mentioned on the show last week that I had vertigo as a kid and it is pure hell. You're nauseous, your world is legit turned upside down and I cannot stand Looking at anything without my head spinning, and I can only imagine how Kenny felt wrestling and not missing a beat in the ring. And the story of this match was him still trying to reacclimate himself in the ring, doing things he would normally do but he couldn't do, such as a Terminator dive that he was struggling with due to losing his footing, and getting tripped up by Jose on the outside and ultimately being stopped by Andrade and Roosh. But the Young Bucks carry things early on with Nick landing an Escalera arm drag to Dragon Lee who was the heel in peril at one point as the Bucks and Kenny Omega worked over him with Omega landing the You Can't Escape not the full version of it because he's still recovering from some serious injuries. We come back from commercial break and Kenny Omega drops Andrade, Roosh, and Dragon Lee with Snapdragon suplexes the young Bucks land some super kicks on everybody in the ring before Matt lands an assisted buckle bomb and cannonball set on onto Lee and all three drop Dragon Lee with a super kick as the super kick party continues until Andrade breaks things up the Bucks take out Rouge and Andrade before Kenny fires up for the Terminator claps but he is stopped by Jose and himself in some ways because he still is a little bit unsure of landing that dive due to all of those injuries he suffered over the last year or so and that distraction leads to Andrade and Rouge taking a advantage by getting Kenny out of the ring. They place him on top of the barricade. In fact, they move the barricade up and the crowd is like, okay, what the hell is going on here? And Dragon Lee delivers an absolute lightning fast tope to Kenny Omega as both men sell over the barricade and on the floor into the front row. Absolutely spectacular spot. Dragon Lee is becoming the MVP of this match as he lands a Rana to Nick Jackson on the floor. Andrade lands that double moonsault to Kenny Omega for a new fall. And he lands the hammerlock DDT on Kenny as well which is broken up by Matt and Roosh who bump into the cover and Kenny fires up lands a V trigger not once but twice to Dragon Lee and he struggles for a bit with the one-winged angel but lands it for the victory as the Bucks hold back Andrade and Rouge, And after the match is over, Kenny Omega shows great respect and love to Dragon Lee. It was a great moment. And they leave the ring and Andrade and Rouge celebrate with Dragon Lee until Rouge flips on his brother, And Andrade lands a DDT on Dragon Lee. His mask flies off. Kenny Omega and the Bucks are shocked by this. They try to make the save as Dynamite abruptly goes off the air with Jerof running through the card as quickly as possible for Rampage and Dynamite next week. And that was a cliffhanger. And Tony Khan did tease we would get those post-Dynamite highlights on Rampage this Friday on TNT A really strong matchup. Kenny Omega is a very fascinating wrestler to follow. He is compelling to watch. He's very interesting to listen to when he's doing interviews because he takes his craft very seriously. And he's a great storyteller. And the story of this match was him trying to refamiliarize himself in the ring, being very tentative in certain moments. Everything wasn't perfect or smooth. And I like that. He's a great seller. And I am looking forward to Kenny trying to make his way back to being the best bout machine, the god of pro wrestling, one of the best champions in AEW history that gave us banger after banger despite all of the injuries he was going through and hopefully a healthy Kenny Omega can deliver just as much in the months to come as he works his way through his comeback in real time it's not going to be easy it's going to be rusty in spots but he's going to give us a show nonetheless and he's not a good guy or a bad guy he's just somebody that's going out there putting on a show for the people and if they love it they do if not they'll boo accordingly but he's still going to give the people what they want because he's a good guy deep down despite the heel persona creeping through as a terminator and cleaner every now and then and with that this wraps up a very good episode of dynamite highlighted by the mocks and punk exchange on the mic the couple of brawls that ensued leading up to a stunning unification match for the AEW World Championship next Wednesday on Dynamite. Do I expect a clean finish once again? I do not know, but all eyes will be on Mox and Punk in Cleveland, Ohio. As the Road to All Out continues, and I'm a little concerned because we are nearly two weeks out from this show and we don't have anything to show for it hardly in terms of the marquee match, the main event, which is in flux right now, due to the unification match next week. And when you have theme shows like Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fallen, Quake by the Lake, these are your foundation building shows for your biggest pay per view of the year, which broke a record last year, courtesy of Punk, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, among others. You wanna make this the biggest show you can possibly do. You wanna throw your card together with a week to spare, and there's no crescendo, there's no peak for this card. That needs to happen next week. You got Dynamite and Rampage to go, and you should finalize things in Chicago over the next week or two. That's what I'm looking for right now. I can understand injuries, can push things back a bit, but there's always a plan B executed when need be if the waiting game does not work. I don't like the fact that we're playing around with this card with two weeks to spare. And I know people will say, it's gonna work out. Fine, but I'm all about building anticipation. Make me excited. The name value is sold on me, but make me hyped as a fan to make me say, damn, this card is great from top to bottom because All Out 2021 is goaded. It will never be touched, but full gear last year came pretty damn close. So it's not impossible to deliver a card that is comparable with the greatest show you ever produced. It just takes a bit more care and time. And I know it's a crunch, with Forbidden Door, then you have all these specials tied in and a Ring of Honor pay-per-view in between. I get it. But this is your centerpiece. This is your marquee show that's going to drive storylines for the rest of the year. And it should not be half put together with two weeks to spare. Half the car should be ready to go and it should be locked in no later than Rampage next Friday. But we'll see as we try to tie up those loose ends. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 77 of the Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TBS. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow me on social media at Later WrestlingX on Twitter and on Instagram or There They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on fox and aw rampage on tnt you know what to do such Topia and follow me on apple Podcasts, amazon music audible google Podcasts, buzzsprout iHeartRadio, heart radio, Stitcher radio TuneIn, radio plus amazon alexa and spotify i'll be back saturday morning with episode number 47 of the smackdown wind down slash aw rampage late night rager until then enjoy your thursday and your friday stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands see you later boys and girls take care